Hi everyone, my name's Mary Tivy, and welcome back to the Animal Health Surveillance Podcast. So the episode today is going to be the first of a two-parter. Today we're going to be discussing what you can do for surveillance. And if you enjoyed this episode, you can tune into the second part, which is what going to discuss what surveillance can do for you. So I'm going to kick the episode off by discussing a little bit about how you can get involved with active surveillance. We then have a special guest, Finn Toomey, who is the head of the Surveillance Intelligence Unit of the APHA, who is going to talk to us a little bit more about the scanning surveillance side of things. So let's talk about active surveillance to start with. A major role that vets can play in the active branch of UK surveillance is by becoming an OV or official veterinarian. So an OV is a term that's used to describe private practice vets who perform work on behalf of the UK surveillance system. And the work performed by OVs is normally of a statutory nature, which means it's required by law. So there are lots of areas that OVs are involved with. And for those of you working in farm or mixed practice, TB testing will likely be a huge part of your life. Now, I know that for many, TB testing may not be your favourite part of the job, but it does have a big part to play within our active surveillance system. Now, there are other areas that OVs can get involved with, aside from active surveillance, and this includes things like export certification, as well as different aspects of surveillance, such as the testing for sheep scab or anthrax. Those of you who do small animal work will also know about the PETS travel scheme. This is another aspect of OV work that's seen within the small animal sector. To become an OV, you need to complete uh, the official controls qualification modules, which are provided by the APHA's external training provider, Improve International. When you successfully complete the relevant modules to what you want to do, which do count towards your CPD, by the way, the APHA will then authorise you as an OV and provide you with your OV stamp. This is often something that you might be asked to do by your practice, especially if they often undertake OV work, but it can also be a very useful thing to have on your CV. Now, OVs aren't appointed as veterinary inspectors under the Animal Health Act, and this means that an OV doesn't have powers of entry or any powers to restrict, seize, sample or test animals if the owner refuses to comply. If you're worried about something and you feel that this might be necessary, you should immediately contact the APHA. An OV can undergo emergency appointment to be a veterinary inspector, but this sort of thing often would happen in something like a notifiable disease outbreak situation. So that covers a little bit about how you can get involved with being an OV. But now let's talk a little bit more about the ways vets can be involved in scanning surveillance. So we have a special guest to talk to us a little bit more about this, and I'm delighted to introduce Finn Toomey, who, as I said before, is the head of the Surveillance Intelligence Unit of the APHA. As I mentioned in the first episode of this series, the Surveillance Intelligence Unit is in charge of scanning surveillance. So let's hear from Finn, who is going to discuss how you can get involved with scanning surveillance and the benefits that this will bring to the system. So hi, Finn. Thanks very much for coming and speaking to us today. And I'm looking forward to exploring this topic with you. Uh, Thank you, Mary Ellen. And uh, yeah, thanks very much for inviting me. Great. Well, I thought we could get started by, um, first of all, discussing um, what is the importance of scanning surveillance? Yeah, I think it might be helpful to start with a definition 
of scanning surveillance. Uh, we refer to this as the ongoing systematic collection, analysis and interpretation of data and the dissemination of information to people who can take action. The action very often being some kind of intervention uh, to help improve animal health status. And there are broadly two types of surveillance. The first is targeted surveillance, which is a structured approach taken to sample a defined population of animals for a specific disease. And the second, which is what we're talking about today, is scanning surveillance. Uh, some people will also refer to this as passive surveillance. And this is where we monitor animal health status to detect new, unusual, or changed patterns of disease, which we refer to as new and re-emerging threats. And those definitions really help to understand the approach we take to scanning surveillance in APHA. The types of threats that we are looking out for could be things like notifiable diseases, or non-notifiable but exotic diseases not previously seen here, or they could be brand new diseases or pathogens, or a new strain of an infection that is endemic. And we also monitor for diseases with public health implications, including zoonoses and toxicities, and we look for resistance to veterinary medicines, including antibiotics and antiparasitic drugs. And finally, we look for changes in patterns and trends of endemic diseases. And in APHA, our approach to scanning surveillance in England and Wales is largely based on a diagnostic service that is delivered through our veterinary investigation centres, our partner post-mortem providers, and a wide network of veterinary and scientific expertise across our laboratories, which also includes a specialist avian pathology service at Laswade and internationally recognised scientific experts at Weybridge and elsewhere. And all the data generated from this diagnostic service are used either locally to solve problems on individual premises for the vet in practice and their clients, and they are also analysed and interpreted within APHA's surveillance intelligence unit, which includes various species expert groups that consider each potential new and re-emerging threat. Great. Uh, well, thanks for giving us that overview. Um, I think the next thing I wanted to talk about is um, why do you think it's worthwhile for vets to engage with surveillance? How does it help the surveillance system? Well, the information that's generated from scanning surveillance originates, as I said, through a diagnostic service. And this supports vets and farmers in managing disease problems on their farms by helping them reach an accurate uh, and definitive diagnosis. So vets and farm can make a clinical diagnosis, but we can support them by helping them make that definitive diagnosis. And if we identify new syndromes where testing does not initially yield a diagnosis, we can carry out further characterization of these diseases when appropriate 
by doing further testing of samples, which often is not charged for directly to the farmer or vet. So that's that's a good reason for them to, to get involved with scanning surveillance. But it also contributes to an understanding of problems at a national level through the data that we collect and collate. So there are benefits for vets and their own clients on an individual case basis, but they also benefit from contributing to our knowledge of what's happening more widely. Yeah, that's really interesting to hear. Um, so in what ways do you think that vets can contribute to scanning surveillance? Vets can contribute in uh, different ways. Firstly, if they have a disease problem that they need support with, they can submit carcasses in England and Wales to APHA's veterinary investigation centres or our partner postmortem providers. Or they can submit other samples to one of our laboratories and full details about how to make these submissions can be found on the APHA Vet Gateway website. If they want to submit a carcass, they should first contact the postmortem centre to discuss the case with one of our vets. And arrangements can be made for delivery, which might include eligibility for our free carcass collection service. So that's um, submitting samples, but they can also contribute um, by informing us of unusual disease problems that they encounter. And we really value the expertise of vets in practice, and, and we consider them to be the eyes and ears of scanning surveillance. They have an important role to play because they are aware of what's happening on their own clients' farms. And therefore, they are in a really good position to determine when something unusual is happening. And we're very happy and very keen to discuss these unusual events, even if there are no samples submitted. It helps our awareness of what's happening so we can build a picture of potential new and re-emerging threats. So again, to discuss these cases, vets in practice can contact their local APHA veterinary investigation officer or one of the veterinary leads of the species expert groups. And again, the contact details are all on the Vet Gateway website. OK, that's really interesting to hear um, the ways that vets can contribute. Um, so, if, so if vets do contribute to the surveillance system, how is the data then used? So, as I mentioned earlier, the results and interpretation of individual casework submissions will help the private vet and farmer to solve their individual disease problems. But each diagnostic case from England, Wales, and also cases from Scotland that are generated by the SRUC diagnostic service. These are all collated in our VIDA system to give a GB picture of disease. And by collating the data, this gives greater certainty about what is happening across GB and may help to detect wider issues. The data are also used to inform various outputs that we produce. 
many of which can be accessed through the surveillance pages on the VET gateway. And they include things like disease dashboards, the annual VIDA report, quarterly threat reports for each species, and monthly surveillance reports and focus articles that are published in the veterinary record. And we also send local newsletters to vet practices from our veterinary investigation centres, and we write blogs about some of our activities too. And I'd recommend reading these, which are available at gov.uk uh, and searching for the APHA science blogs. And we publish our science as papers or letters in various scientific journals too. So these are all the, um, these are some of the written outputs. But we also carry out a lot of engagement to share information from scanning surveillance at various events, which include local meetings at our veterinary investigation centres, uh, farmer and vet training events, or at various scientific and veterinary conferences. And we'd love to hear from vets in practice too, if they think there's anything new we can do in that respect that would help them. I also mentioned earlier that we have species expert groups. So we have an expert group for each livestock sector and for wildlife. And each group is led by a vet from APHA and other members of the groups include vets, scientists and other experts involved with surveillance. The species expert groups will evaluate potential threats and will consider and recommend actions that will ultimately contribute to mitigating those threats. And the species expert groups also liaise with relevant livestock industry groups and specialist species divisions of the BVA, for example, to give greater certainty about what's happening. OK, that's very interesting to hear. So what do you think the long term impact of vets contributing to scanning surveillance would be? So ultimately, because it provides information about animal diseases, including zoonotic diseases, the long term impact is improved animal health and welfare, improved productivity and public health. So the more vets in practice who engage with scanning surveillance, the better the awareness we have of potential threats and disease status. And as I said earlier, vets are the eyes and ears of what's happening on farm. So we really value their expertise and their contribution to the surveillance system. Well, that's great to hear. Thank you, Finn. It's uh, really good to hear how uh, much of um, an important part uh, vets out in practice do play within the scanning surveillance system. So thank you very much for coming to speak to us today and for sharing uh, your expertise with us. Thanks very much, Mary Ellen. Good talking to you. So thanks very much again to Finn for being part of the episode today. We're going to be hearing from him again in the second of this two-parter, when we will be discussing what surveillance can do for you. So if you're interested in finding out how surveillance can be helpful to you as a vet out in practice, then give that episode a listen. That episode is going to be available in four weeks' time, but the next episode will be available on the website in a couple of weeks. Now, for that episode, I'm excited to say we have James Russell, who is the president of the BVA, and he's going to be coming to talk to us about surveillance and the BVA's perspective. 
If you like the series, please do mention it to your friends and your colleagues. And for any news and updates, follow me on Twitter at the AHS podcast. As I've said before, I'd love to hear from you. If there's anything you want me to cover, if you have any topics you'd like explored, leave your questions or your suggestions either on Twitter or on the website. Thanks very much for listening. Hope to see you again soon.